Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Can you hear me through here? Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network Thanks as always for uh, for making your way here and checking out the series uh, Please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week In fact, it's three a week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones At iTunes and Apple Podcast at Spotify and Podchaser, Red Circle and Audible, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Cave Town, going to be talking with uh, Robin Skinner about their fifth album, Worm Food. Uh, we're going to get into uh, making the video for Frog and having total creative control, the benefits of announcing the record before, well, before it was even finished, and the album's title and its relations to, uh, well, to death and life cycles. We're also going to discuss working with Biba Doobie and Orla Gartland for two versions of the same song, uh, the continuing relationship with uh, Chloe Moriando and covering Teenage Dirtbag before it was a TikTok trend. All that and more. We're talking worm food. It's Kyle Meredith with Cave Town. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Uh, I've become such a big fan over this uh, last couple of years and everything. And this new record, it's it's outstanding. So just the just the compliments there. You, you've really outdone yourself on this one. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I just finished watching the, uh, the 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 new video for Frog, which was so much fun. Um, and, and I'm guessing you probably spent the majority of a day very wet from what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What was, what was the idea behind this one? This was actually, I'm really excited about this video. It's actually the first video that I've directed with like a full crew and like a proper like budget. I've, I've done lots of video stuff in the past, more like in my earlier childhood, I, I used to want to be a director. And so I would make like stories with my friends um and film and edit and everything and then I kind of I guess like since I started probably doing music like full-time I stopped doing that and obviously because I was busy doing music and then more recently I 
decided I wanted to try again and I remade well I no I made a uh, music video for one of my songs um idea of her just with um me and two friends and it was very like DIY and um it turned out great and I was really proud of it and I it kind of reminded me that it's like really important to me what the visuals look like and having that control over that is is can be really great especially if you maybe don't mesh as well with the director that you're working with sometimes you can find a director that really gets you and really has the same vision as you but that's always like anxiety inducing for me because sometimes you know you'll have something in mind and then you get like a uh you get like a cut back and you're like oh this isn't quite like there's like little things that aren't quite right but I don't know how to explain it without just doing it myself and then I'm like well if I can just do it myself then I'll just do it myself and I had a really vivid idea for the frog video I actually drew pictures of like the the swamp setting like the dry set and then the the, the wet rainy set and with a few tweaks like they were able to the crew was able to replicate it like really well it looks incredible and I'm so happy with how it looks and I pretty much got all the shots that I even had in my head I had very specific shots in mind it was hard to work with the real frogs I didn't quite get exactly what I thought of getting with the frogs but they seemed to be doing their whatever yeah, they're doing, they were doing their frog thing. It was kind of hard to, <laughs> to direct them necessarily, but it was so much fun. And my band were such good sports. Um, I could tell that certain members of the band were a little miserable by the end of it in the wet, but they were, they didn't complain and they were, they did an amazing job. And yeah, my, my shoes from the episode are still in a bag. I've yet to touch them. I'm a little scared too. I don't know what might've grown in them. Right. Um, so yeah we'll see what that is what that's looking like because I do like those shoes but uh yeah it was overall just really fun I edited the I edited the video as well so I was able to kind of put everything in in place like to match what was in my head and I I got to go to the color grade and everything looked incredible and I, I just felt like I haven't had that much control over a music video before with that kind of like production around it and so I had a really good time and I'm hopefully going to be able to do that for lots more videos in the future too. You know, in, in somewhere in the frog world, there is headlines being printed on little frog newspapers right now that says Cape Town says frog don't take direction well. And that's what you're going to have <laughs> oh, to live no. in. <laughs> no, it's okay. I respect them. They're autonomy. It's fine. <laughs> Calling them out. Uh, it is. It's really fun. And you're right because you know, I don't know if it's like you, but for me, you know, as fans, the videos, they're fun, but they sort of have this, you know, mythical representation that we put in our head, like this is who this person is. So if, if it's something you're not happy with, like that's also something that you would have to live with as people taking that as part of you for, you know, so smart decision and well done. Thank you. Yeah. Especially when it's a song. I mean, I care about all my songs but to different degrees there's like some songs that are really important to me that I'm really especially proud of and frog is definitely one that I felt especially proud of and so it would suck to have a video for it that I don't feel as proud of well I I just reading that you literally have just finished this album too 
putting the yeah. finishing touches on it, which is crazy because, and, and it, maybe that's the norm these days, you know, because there is this longer lead time than it used to have, you know, where you start putting out the singles and announce the record even before it's done. I don't know how many people do that, but does that, <laughs> does having pieces of it out there and, and hearing that sort of instant feedback, do you find that that had any influence on, on the final stages as you, as you finish the record? I think it, it, not in terms of necessarily like the material, but I think, I think that announcing the record before it was even done was kind of a tactic to get me to finish it <laughs> on time um, by my management because they have grown to understand that that can be hard for me to meet deadlines. And so kind of having that pressure of like, okay, the whole world is expecting this on this date. So if I don't get it done by this day, it's not going to happen. And uh, so I, that worked well, I think. Um, but yeah, I did. I think, I don't know how normal that is, but uh, yeah, I think that definitely helped to kind of already have a deadline that wasn't just internal. It was like everyone knew that's when it's out. And I had to, I had to meet that because I, I hate letting people down. I hate letting like the world down. So I had to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're getting into it. Like, what are the bigger stories you wanted to tell this time around? Like, I couldn't help but like, I've heard where, how the title fits into the record. But when I first saw it, like my first thought was worm food that evokes the imagery of death, which isn't exactly where that comes from. But, but what were these stories that you wanted yeah, I well, I usually come up with um, titles kind of late in the in the process. Um, I can't really like stick to a theme for a whole like year or however long an album takes to write. So it kind of like forms on its own nearer the end of the whole writing process. And sometimes, sometimes like I'm particularly drawn to a, a particular song in the album or a particular lyric that um, just the words feel cool. And in, in the same way, like people ask me a lot, like what Cave Town means as a name. And I'm like, it sounded cool. And worm food sounds cool to me. Um, and it's, I think it's still my favorite from the, from the album. Um, yeah, there's, there's one song that's called Worm Food. And so that's why I decided to name the whole album that. And I feel like that, yeah, it does. It intentionally does tie into like death, like you getting eaten by worms and your body returning to the earth, which I kind of can be, maybe it's dark, but I kind of is kind of a comforting, like, like realization for me that like the idea of your body returning to the earth, um, like no matter like what you've done in your life, that's like ultimately where everyone's body ends up and it feels like it feels like a positive to me to kind of feed the next generation of worms or whatever and yeah it feels like no matter who, whoever you are no matter what you've done in your life you have a purpose at the end of it to like feed the earth um and so yeah I just really like those words and they kind of tie into the vibe of the album that I was going for just kind of dark and and moody and I feel like yeah it just sounded cool as well <laughs> yeah built on that cycle yeah and we'll be right back right after this 
Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. Keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Cave Town. And then, you know, I, I also want to hit on the on the previous single with 1994 because that's such a cool track. And, and just hearing, you know, how you talked about, you know, what the lyrics have meant in, in that one. But, you know, when, when you when you title it with a year, I also wondered just beyond the story that you're wanting to tell, like, did you want to play into that musically? Did like the music that you end up creating for this song? Did uh, what, what did you want to make that sort of emblematic of that era as well? Yeah, I think I think it it um, it kind of subconsciously kind of like became that. I think I remember with, with 1994, I started writing it in a kind of different style and I wasn't feeling it. And then when I revisited it and tried to work on it some more, um, it started feeling right to like sound kind of like, like early 2000s, like pop punkish. And honestly, it's called 1994 because that's what rhymed in the song. Just that like four rhymes with whatever line came before it um but uh yeah it's I guess it's it's not just an entirely random date like it was I, I saw an uh, article recently that was like I forget which exact article I'm sorry but it but 
it was like it this song references 1984 a, a year skinner was not even alive yet which i found was funny and seems a little like like oh i was born in the wrong generation kind of vibe but that's not what i'm going for i definitely was like it's it, it's a time before i was born that i kind of imagine like that i don't want to put my parents on blast but that they were in a happily happier place and yeah there's some some part of me that kind of like wishes I could have seen that and been around for that and because it yeah I've, I've seen like pictures of them at that time and and they yeah they seem happy and kind of a nostalgia for a time that I wasn't able to live for isn't that funny how that happens yeah like there there are I mean I think we all do that to a certain degree have those eras that we're nostalgic for that we weren't there there are certain songs that will do that to me like uh a uh, wider shade of pale from the 60s like when that comes on it's like oh i was there but i, w- I wasn't there <laughs> I wasn't even close to being there you know mm-hmm. that's it's it's kind of weird how that but i can say and and not to take away the uh, uh, story of your parents but uh 1994 was a really good year musically it was a coming of age year for me musically so i lo- love that relation anyway that you put out there yeah um, I'll also hit on the other one real quick too, because uh, they will bit out uh, with with Fall in Love with the Girl, which now has the two versions: one with uh, with B with Biba Doobie on there, and and Orla Gartland. I adore both of their artistry and and songs. Such a big fan of both. Did you find that um, having different duet partners in that sense did that give the opportunity for these songs to say anything different at all? Yeah, I mean, when we originally, when me and B originally wrote it, um, we kind of, we worked together on that, on that verse that she sung, and it was kind of from the girl's perspective, um, rather than me singing about these, these girls that I, I know in my life, and I was, it was kind of like, almost using her voice to sing for these these characters in the in in the story that the song tells and so I was like interested to see what Ola could could do without that kind of context of the girls that the story is actually about and yeah I I it was it was great to kind of almost have her tell her own story through it because I feel like yeah I feel like I felt I felt almost strange about the song because I was kind of writing about this this like queer realization experience, but secondhandedly it wasn't my experience, but it was something that a friend of mine was going through. And I I I've seen a lot of people kind of relate to that experience of like realizing what you actually need in a relationship and who you're actually genuinely attracted to. And so yeah, so kind of getting an outsider's like story told through their verses is was cool today and i feel like that's going to reach more people as well i really like listening to both of them for i guess different reasons that doesn't always happen just when you're like oh here's the acoustic version you know whatever but mm-hmm. you know but they they really do offer something special and you've i mean you've got such a great knack of um you know the the guests the people that you collaborate with i mean uh, chloe uh moriando on here which, you know, it seems like that relationship goes back fur. You did Slacker and now she's done Gray Space and Teenage Dirtbag. And uh, like, what, 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 why is that relationship for you works so well? Yeah, dude, I love Chloe so much. She's the coolest. Um, yeah, we've been, we've been friends for a good while now. Uh, 
it was actually really interesting. My one of my friends sent me a video of her doing a cover of one of my songs like years ago. And I and I was like, wow, your voice is amazing. You're so cool. And I love this. And um, like through that simple DM that my friend sent me, she ended up working with my manager. And so we now have the same manager and we've done a lot of work together. Like I I helped produce her first album that she put out and I've been lucky enough to like tour with her since then. And the whole time she's like, she's such a unique person. I don't think I've ever met someone quite like her. She's so full of life and even just the way that she's like come into her own identity and like her self-expression. I'm just like the fact that I've known her since she was just doing little ukulele covers. I can kind of like relate to that with her in that that's kind of where I started as well doing ukulele and guitar covers on YouTube. And so we can kind of relate to like how cringe that is for us and how that can be that's something that we've we've both tried really hard to kind of break away from and find our own like musical identity and find our own way to feel cool because yeah I feel like a lot of people are like oh this is just a there's a lot of people who still kind of tie us both to that ukulele youtuber identity which is definitely something that is cool for a while but you know it's nice to like find find yourself and be like no look I have a cool I have a big band and I'm cool now and and for Chloe it's like yeah I'm I'm like rocking in this new in this new album and yeah just being it being there to watch her grow and watch her like find her own style and it's it's been really cool and she's still so young I'm just like so proud of her and I'm so glad that I've been a part of it and I've been able to kind of help I, I almost feel like protective of her in a way like I kind of see her like a younger sibling and and I've been there to kind of I've been able to you know relate to her experiences as she starts touring and and goes through lots of things that I did and I yeah I just feel really lucky to be able to be someone that's there to listen to her and like help her through things like that so yeah she's mad cool I love her so much it's interesting I, I think I read that this year is the 10th anniversary of you starting your YouTube page <laughs> the 10th anniversary next year being the first song because people keep track of that stuff <laughs> yeah so happy time. anniversary thank you yeah it doesn't that feels mad I feel like I haven't even been alive that long it doesn't make sense to me <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I mentioned the teenage dirtbag thing there, and I was trying to think because it's obviously become a trend in the past couple of months, like a TikTok trend and all that stuff. Like you were, you, you, you were far ahead of that. Like you heard that way ahead of whatever was happening now. I don't, I don't know if that done on you or whatever, but uh, it's great. You know, it's a fun song. Yeah, I, I really, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I guess I'm not super in the loop with TikTok trends. Um, unless it's my trend that people tell me about I kind of stay as far away as I can from TikTok it scares me a little bit but um I when whatever any song that I cover it's just because it's been I found it and it's been stuck in my head and I feel inspired by it and I want to kind of put my own twist on it and yeah that's a fun song like 
easiest one to sing. So I had to do it. Not one of those that I think, you know, 20 years ago that I would have thought, oh yeah, this is going to come back. This is going to be a classic. Like it was almost, almost like a novelty song at the moment, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just had this amazing life. I love it. I absolutely do. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. no shots fired on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with this record, I do. I love everything that you're doing uh, with, with Warm Food and um, it is, it's brilliant. And I know it's not the only thing. Are you still doing the clothing line? Is that still part of what you're up to? Um, not the clothing line, but um, we're we're kind of I'm focusing like that energy more into just like the Cave Town merch and trying to do some more interesting things with that. But yeah, for now the clothing line is is asleep. Wow, yeah. it's cool stuff. It's just you know when you're a fan, it's cool to see the artist in every avenue of creativity that you're up to. So. Yeah, I'm lucky to get to like to reach my little fingers out in all these kinds of different ways. It's lots of fun. Congratulations again on the new record. I absolutely love it. And thanks so much for taking the time to talk about it today. This has been really great. Yeah, no worries. Thank you so much for having me. And my thanks to Cave Town. The new record is called Worm Food. Big thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Uh, before you get out of here, again, I hope you hit that subscribe button. You'll get new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at all the usual podcast spots. That does include WFPK.org and YouTube for the video versions as well. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the old social media spots. That's uh, that's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Close, close. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media.